What's up with this love and light shit? Yeah, it's kind of like, what do those words even mean without the embodiment? Right, when people say love and light, I'm sort of like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) I'm Kayla Nelson, a holistic coach in both wellness and business, and a healer and educator of Lyme disease. I'm Jessica Jean Muir. I'm a personal empowerment guide through my work as a yoga teacher, trauma-informed body worker, and group facilitator. You're listening to Love, Light, and Go Fuck Yourself, the podcast. Welcome back to Love, Light, and Go Fuck Yourself. Kayla here and sitting with Jessica Jean Muir, and we're going to dive into a juicy subject. Hell yes. And before we do that, Kayla and I just wanted to make you guys aware of some of the offerings that we have going on outside of the podcast in case mm-hmm. you listen every week and you love it and you are looking for a way to connect with us on a deeper level in your day-to-day life, Mm face-to-face, all that good stuff. So Mm -hmm. what I've got going on is right now I'm in the middle of Shakti Soul Collective Women's Circle Fall 2019 round. So that's in process, but we will be starting up the winter round in November. So if you are interested in joining a circle of women and using the power of community to work on embodiment, vulnerability, connection, stepping into your power, exploring the benefits of being an intentional community, all those things, and you're in the Denver Boulder area, reach out to me. You can also go to my website, shaktisoulcollective.com, and there's a page with all a whole bunch of information about Women's Circle and I also am here to always answer any questions and another offering that I've got kind of rolling right now is uh, my one-on-one embodiment evolution coaching session so it's a mentorship coaching relationship with me it's an eight-week journey that we go on Um, It's pretty deep and intensive, so it's definitely for people who are ready, who are looking for a powerful tool, a powerful path um, to step into a new phase of your life, whatever that may be. I work with people who are looking for all different type of guidance in many different aspects of life. Um, so it's, I've kind of created this holistic program based on all of my work up to this point, all my education and just my intuitive nature and experience with this, this kind of work, um, to create this offering. So I feel really amazing about it. Um, it's currently full, but I'll have more spaces opening up mid-October for those. So same thing. You can go to my website Shoot me an email. You can find me on Instagram at Jessica Jean Muir. You could send me a DM mm-hmm. and we can connect about that. 
Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Kayla? What's going on in your world? Yeah. So I guess by the time you all hear this, I will have given my talk at Ignite Boulder, which um, is two days away from today. Um, I will be speaking about my life's journey and what it's like to walk alongside fear with courage in your heart and my experience doing that with bee venom therapy and healing from Lyme. So five-minute talk, 20 slides that move every 15 seconds. It's going to be intense and amazing, and I'm excited, and I also want to vomit a little bit (laughs) how you know you're on the right track yep you know you're on the right track you know you're pushing that edge when you have these kinds of feelings so very excited for that and I'm also opening up uh, spots to take on new clients for doing embodiment work aka tantra work and this is both for men and women and couples to work with me but alongside me um, where we will deepen the connection with yourself and building up your energetic world, um, the boundaries within you, finding your own desire, your own life force, all of those things through breath work, meditation, and some other really cool practices. And um, yeah, it's all done on what your needs are. So very cool, very powerful practice that I'm doing right now with clients, and uh, it's an honor. So if you're interested in talking about that more, you can find me at I am Kayla Nelson on Instagram, or you can go to my website, sagenourishment.com, and send me an email there. Um, yeah. Yeah, we look forward to hopefully connecting with some of you out there mm-hmm. and bringing some of our gifts, our medicine into your world, into yes. your life. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, and today's subject, whew, a powerful, juicy one. Hell yeah. Yeah. It is on anger and how much anger can be such a incredible tool for manifesting, asserting your boundaries, um... Clearing. What's that? Clearing. Clearing. Yeah, all the things. And we often turn away from anger. At least I know that I have. I haven't really had a relationship with anger for most of my life up until this summer when things happened that I was just like, yep, no more. Mm -hmm. Can't accept that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jessica, you know, you really taught me a lot about anger and embracing all the different sides of that and what embodied anger looks like and how that can be of benefit. So you've really been one of, you know, the biggest teachers for me in this way. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited to share on this topic with you, learn more and um, dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we're recording this today um, because I had a triggering experience with this topic just last night. Mm. (laughs) And honestly, as it was happening, I was like, oh, okay, just warming myself up for tomorrow. (laughs) Let's bring some stuff to the surface. Um, So I guess I'll start a little bit with this thing that happened last night, just because I feel like it's relevant and flows into kind of my personal experience with this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm in relationship with a partner who is 
On the other side of the spectrum of anger from me, Mm -hmm. um, I would say that I'm probably more quick to experience anger than average, Mm -hmm. and he's more slow to experience anger than average, um, and is more conflict averse, and I'm probably overly conflict confident. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's how it feels. Yeah. Um, And so last night we were having a conversation and I was feeling passionate about what we were talking about. So my voice rose, my intonation got a little more intense. Mm -hmm. um, And for me, I was probably at like a four. Mm -hmm. honestly Mm -hmm. of like 10 being the most like out of control crazy anger that I could be Mm -hmm. um and he was perceiving me at like an eight Mm. yeah and kind of called me out on it and it's a tricky thing because my experience with being seen in my anger has not been super positive. And I Mm -hmm. think that's because of what you were saying at the beginning of this episode. There's a lot of, maybe stigma is too strong of a word, but there's a lot of aversion to Mm -hmm. anger, Mm -hmm. I think. I think it's definitely considered a quote-unquote negative emotion. Yeah. Um, in our society right now and so when you are in a state of anger Mm -hmm. um, it can be really easy to be made to feel bad about that at least for me and I think because I've been kind of hearing that my whole life Mm -hmm. you're too angry you need to calm down I can't engage with you because you're blah 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 whereas for me I don't feel like I'm that angry or like Mm -hmm. I'm being that confrontational or intense. Mm -hmm. Um, And my partner is aware of the fact that he's on the lower end of the spectrum and I'm on the higher. So it was just kind of an interesting discourse because my first reaction was to apologize and get smaller Mm -hmm. and to make my anger go away. Mm -hmm. And then something kind of kicked in and I was like, actually, no. Actually, maybe you need to learn how to hold my anger a little bit more or hold my intensity a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm not cursing at you. I'm not saying demeaning things to you. I'm not my I'm not yelling. So I don't know really what to say. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. feeling impassioned right now. And Mm -hmm. it was cool. He totally heard that. And he totally agreed that that is an area where he could, you know, be called into health a little bit more. And it was interesting, but (laughs) it really highlighted for me that I still to this day am experience a level of shame Mm -hmm. around my relationship with anger and Mm -hmm. kind of my ability to access that emotion, I think more easily than others. Right. Yeah. And just, you know, knowing you and hearing your experiences and this one and some conversations that we've had, there are so many different layers and levels of anger expression. You know, there's like embodied anger. There's just like rage anger. And those two things, just to talk about those two, are really different experiences, right? Totally. So what are those two things to you? Absolutely. And it was interesting, you and I actually, it was a conversation that we had had prior to today that 
led me to see this really clearly mm. because we had both kind of agreed that anger has its pro- has its place and can mm-hmm. be a very useful tool. Mm-hmm. But there are certain situations where it can be really harmful and destructive. Yep. And finding that kind of line and that nuance can be tricky. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it was really cool what we kind of came up with, mm-hmm. which is there's the experience of, just like you said, embodied anger and then kind of disembodied rage. Yep. And for me, the difference is a huge part, first of all, is the choice, mm. is taking the reactivity out of it. Mm-hmm. For example, last night, I was feeling really impassioned. I was definitely heated. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was something that I was feeling a bit defensive about, so I was heightened. But I was able to pause and consider, hmm, am I showing up too big? Am I being hurtful with my words? Am I using language that is violent? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's actually happening here? Mm -hmm. Whereas if I was in a state of disembodied rage, which Mm -hmm. I have been many times, Mm -hmm. and the path to get from there to here has been long and windy and weird, Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to pause and take the reactivity out of it. It would have been just like a blind spew of emotion and intensity and probably really hurtful stuff right and not being in my body and in control of the energy pulsing through me in that moment right what about for you like what do you think about that distinction between disembodied and yeah. embodied. Yeah, when I hear that, I'm, I'm sort of like a visual person when it comes to this. I'm going to describe the visual that I see. So the embodiment of anger is really feeling alive inside of you and being able to express what is true from your experience and and coming from that place of this like big energetic expression Mm -hmm. right and then disembodied anger is just like spewing fire out of your mouth like unconsciously towards anything outside of you the world people even yourself I'm not sure whatever those experiences are so I guess it's the difference between consciousness yeah. and unconsciousness inside of the embodied and disembodied anger. Yep. And really checking with yourself before you just like snap and go off that cliff. Mm-hmm. Like take a breath. Yep. Breathe and figure out what am I actually feeling? Yes. Is this real anger? Is this hurt? Is this sadness? Is this fear? Is this control? Like, where is that anger coming from? Yes. And like, okay, I understand where it's coming from. Now I can express it. Yes. Now I can like live that energy in my body and let it out in a way that is clear and understood by me. And then hopefully in that way, it'll be clear and understood by Whoever, whatever is receiving it. Yep. Right? Totally. And I think that a piece that ties into that is intention. Yeah. Like, yes, what you just said, being able to pause, breathe, identify what's happening. So taking that reactivity out and Mm -hmm. then asking yourself, okay, now what am I, what am I going to do with that energy? Mm -hmm. Because 
yeah, you don't want to stuff that down. Right. That's how you cause a whole lot of disease in the body. Yep. That's how you dampen down. That's how a lot of depression comes into play, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's like a kinetic electric energy. Yeah. If you're really tuned in when you're dropping into a state of anger, mm-hmm. there's a lot of power. Mm-hmm. It's like suddenly your inhibitions are lowered. Mm-hmm. You're like big and full in your body. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's like electricity. Like yes. there's just my voice is like somehow magnified. Like yeah. I'm very convict, like with conviction of what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's a powerful energy right. that you don't want to stuff down, like you yep. said. So bringing it into the body and living it out in an intentional way mm-hmm. can be a really fucking powerful tool for getting what you need, stating mm-hmm. your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was really cool this summer to witness mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. Um, someone who is less quick to anger than me, mm-hmm step into your power through this emotion. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I I reached this point of embodying my own anger through the experience of many, many, many years of not honoring and recognizing and establishing boundaries within my own world because I had never had them and mine were disrespected when I was young in many different ways right so I am this whole year has been me relearning boundaries and maybe Mm. not even relearning learning boundaries for the first time and what that feels like right and I had some experiences this summer where my boundaries were really crossed and I actually wasn't showing up for my truest self. Mm-hmm. And I was letting this continual thing um, keep recycling over and over and over and this repetitive pattern, uh, specifically in relationship, kept happening over and over again. Yeah, And it wasn't until this last straw that I got fucking pissed and you saw that Mm -hmm. you were there and you helped me actually recognize like Kayla you can be mad about that I'm like fuck I can (sighs) and then having that um, acknowledgement and permission to actually feel angry to actually be able to assert myself and my boundary and my words and my you know all those things was so fucking powerful mm-hmm. and in that state I I said very strongly and in my own power like I am no longer accepting this bullshit in my life mm-hmm. I am fucking done mm-hmm. I'm done and that was the first time that I had felt that so congruently throughout my entire being yep full alignment full alignment full like nope boundary mm-hmm. no fucking more am I doing that mm. and I didn't get there until I actually engaged with my anger yeah and I felt it And I got clear and I stated myself clearly and then manifestation started fucking happening, you know, because I stood in my power and I stood in my conviction and I said that shit out loud (laughs) to you and to the universe 
And then things happened. Mm -hmm. Shifts happened. So I was like, noted. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. Anger, in fact, embodied in a clear way, can be an incredibly powerful tool. Yep. And I love it. Yeah. So before this experience, Mm -hmm. because... As you said, it was this cycle you were experiencing where your boundary mm-hmm. was being continually crossed. Yeah. In those moments, before you engaged with your anger, what was your reaction? And then what was the thing that kind of kept you from going to anger? Mm. I stayed away from anger out of fear of hurting the other person. Mm. So codependency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Fear of hurting the other person. Fear of being too loud, too out of control, too um, Mm. crazy. um, All the things too. And um, yeah, and maybe even a little bit deserving. Right. You know, there's like a little bit of self-worth tied into that too. Totally. And codependency and like what are people going to think of me for getting this angry? Right. And, you know, I've learned that sometimes through having empathy and understanding for others, I have done that throughout my entire life. Like I've understood what other people have gone through because I've gone through some shit and I can see things in others, right? And so I've overextended my empathy to them and I've left, I abandoned myself in that process. Totally. And in abandoning myself in that process for understanding why this person fucked up, why this person acted the way they did towards me, I shut down my anger. Yeah. I shut down my personal power and my ability to stand up for myself in also recognizing the wound in another. Yes. Like those two things can fucking live together. Wow. Yeah, it's like you turn your alarm bells off. Yeah. It's like you you turn off all the alarms in your house and you open the windows and the doors mm-hmm. and like if someone crosses in, how are you supposed to know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the ways, you know, that anger, I've, I've seen anger in a totally different way now. Yeah. And it's powerful. It's a very powerful tool for manifesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something that this idea of anger ties into really strongly for me is the death, birth, Mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. cycle yes. of life yeah. and of of the same kind of stigma or aversion being mm-hmm. placed on the death cycle mm-hmm. and destruction mm-hmm. and necessary violence mm-hmm. and dismantling of yeah. <laughs> things that are not working. And right. um, I think that... It can be done, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to destroy without anger. Yeah. And to be able to really, with conviction, wipe the slate clean because we're humans and we're so loss averse and we're so attached to 
the shit that we get comfortable with, even mm-hmm. if it's crappy, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. unless we are able to feel pissed, mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to walk away from that or wipe the slate clean. Right. At least that's been my experience. Yes. And a big mentor in this process has been the Hindu goddess Kalima. Mm. And coming across her was honestly so validating um, because here was this deity, this goddess mm-hmm. being championed for her wild, um, untamed, unbridled power of destruction mm-hmm. in the name of truth mm. and in the name of tearing down anything that's not leading you to in the direction of the truth. Mm-hmm. And I... I, that felt so fucking resonant for me. Yeah. Because I was so disempowered at a certain point by people constantly requesting of me or shaming me to tone it down, tone it down, tone it down, tone it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially for someone like me where anger is a very primary emotion that I experience. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it's probably the easiest for me to access Mm -hmm. which isn't good or bad it just is Mm -hmm. and so dimming that down and suppressing that part of myself and my natural gifts that actually come from my ability to access anger Mm -hmm. like I am a protector Mm -hmm. I am not afraid of standing up Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of conflict Mm -hmm. I will tear shit down in Mm -hmm. the name of what's right yeah not everyone has that gift right and so by people asking me to dampen this part of myself, mm-hmm. it was really taking away a lot of my personal power from mm-hmm. me. Yeah, like depressing you. Right. You yes. Know? Yeah. And we're kind of seeing this happen in our world right now, right? With what's happening in our um climate and also in politics Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of anger and rage and wiping of the slate clean and yeah like part of this is really terrifying and terrible and destructive and not fair and ugly and all of those things and at the same time there are pieces of this destruction that are so needed so that we can literally burn it to the ground like a forest gets burnt to the ground and those seeds have to go deep into the earth and re-oxygenate and then re you know the whole thing and start to bloom again from a fresh seed from the scars of the earth and I think that's where we are and this is a perfect climate literally for us to be talking about anger (laughs) and for us to be talking about how to embody anger in a way that's constructive and not completely destructive and can't be shut down by other people because they can co-opt you and and say well you're out of control you're just being mean you're yeah and then your whole message gets lost Right. Because that's this a is, part of it. Right. And this is a this is a difficult thing. Like with if two people show up together and they've done their work and the other person sitting across from them is expressing themselves in an embodied, angry way, 
the other person sitting across from them that has also done their work knows and is safe in their own system to receive that person's embodied anger with little reactivity. Yes. You know, that is like the aha oh moment that we all would love to, to get to. Mm-hmm. And knowing when you're sitting across from a person who's expressing that anger, that it, has, it may not have not anything to do with you. Right. And how can you sit with that and still love the person sitting across from you? Oh, man, I wish Matt was here. Because <laughs> literally last night when I said to him, wait, no, actually, I don't think I'm being too much. I think mm-hmm. that... This is exactly how angry I am. Mm-hmm. Not being abusive to you. I'm fully in control of myself and mm-hmm. my faculties. I know mm-hmm. how I'm being. Mm-hmm. But this is exactly how passionate I feel. And I'm mm-hmm. a little pissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to look at why you're so uncomfortable with me being pissed. Mm-hmm. And there was a pause in the interaction in that moment. And mm-hmm. he was like, wow, okay, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And that was so incredible. Incredible, because mm-hmm. that is a piece of it. It's like, right. yes, if someone is coming at you and they're being totally abusive and mm-hmm. they're disembodied and it's just rage and disgust and all of those things, which is like the shadow side of anger and mm-hmm. is totally a thing, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of there. Right. Listen to your instincts. Yep. But if it's the other side and you're experiencing someone who is in their their anger in this embodied way that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. and you're still feeling so triggered Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) I'm just gonna throw out there Mm -hmm. it would be interesting Mm -hmm. to look at yourself Mm -hmm. and consider consider what about that person being in that activated state Mm -hmm. is so triggering Mm -hmm. for you on a personal level right having that breath there to have some self-reflection and see what's yours and what's not yours right. like a perfect example that's coming to my mind right now you know in our last episode when we talked mm-hmm. to Marin and mm-hmm. you know I think it was you who said yeah like white people seem really uncomfortable by the amount of anger happening in people of color mm-hmm. and People of color should be that angry. Right. And they need to be that embodied and passionate because they're trying to wipe the slate clean and burn it the fuck down. Right. And they need to be that angry and they should be that angry. If they weren't, there'd be a problem. Right. And it's not like it shouldn't trigger Mm -hmm. this, you know, white people Mm -hmm. to feel personally disturbed Mm -hmm. by that anger. It's like, nah, you need to take a look. Are you that triggered because this person's anger is causing you to have to look at yourself and what you've done. Right. Or whatever. This is just an example, but like it's that kind of idea. Yeah, exactly. And this is such a tricky subject anger is, right? Like I feel like we're talking about a subject that's just as like hot and heated as like sex and money. Totally. Right? There's so, there are so many stigmas and depths and nuances in this subject. And hearing that, what you just spoke on, is so important. And it's also really important that we talk about the flip side of what disembodied anger is. And because there are a couple of things that come to my mind about what can happen for you being a person. Yes. Experiencing from another, like when a person is coming at you with disembodied anger, 
that's harmful and dangerous and threatening, Mm -hmm. there are a couple things that can happen inside of you, depending on what has gone on in your life, um, the traumas that you've experienced, and where you are. So this is a really important time inside of anger for all of us to really find our own inner resourcing, our own questioning ourselves throughout this whole process. Mm -hmm. So like if someone's coming at you and it's a threat, some people will run and some people will stay and take it. And both of those things are our responses to fight, flight, freeze. Yes. Fight, flight, and freeze. Exactly. So know that if someone's coming at you, you know, like, it's okay for you to be like, I'm not allowing this anger to be coming into my life. I don't have to sit here and take this. Mm -hmm. You know, finding the courage to get up and leave. Yeah, I mean, this side of it feels really, like, personal to me, too, because Mm -hmm. it's also a a very important part of my journey with anger Mm -hmm. because I was raised by someone who had huge anger. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking big disembodied anger from the time I was a little tiny child. Mm -hmm. And this huge person was big and bellowing and out of control and angry. Mm -hmm. And so it taught me that my anger was dangerous and harmful Mm -hmm. because the only type of anger that I had experienced was this disembodied anger that made me feel terrified, Mm -hmm. fucking terrified. Mm -hmm. So that was another piece of it Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, there's absolute validity to you saying fuck no to someone coming at you with mm-hmm. disembodied shadow side anger and mm-hmm. listening to your instincts. Mm-hmm. If you don't know somebody very well and mm-hmm. you don't have a rapport with them and you don't know what kind of work they've been doing and mm-hmm. you don't know their normal states and all these things, mm-hmm. it's totally appropriate for you to choose not to engage in that way with them. Right. And I also want to state because this is something I am a, I'm a slow processor If something is traumatic or triggering to me, I often don't recognize that trauma or that trigger until two days later. Right. It's literally two days later. Every fucking time. Right. It's getting better, but I just want to say for anyone that's listening, because I've learned this over the last few years, that if even still it's two days later and you're like, wait a minute, hold the fucking phone. Mm-hmm. That was actually not okay. That was a violation to me. That really hurt me in this way. I empower you to go yes. back, find your voice, even if you're shaking, even if you're doubting yourself, even if you're like, oh my God, this is not going to be received. But for your own sake, go back to that person or state to somebody and say, you know what, that situation that happened two days ago, I actually am now realizing that I was hurt in this way and that way and this way. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do that. Yep. It's okay. Even if it's two weeks later, a year later, a couple years later. Yep. 
You don't know. Your body, we've all lived in these traumatic experiences. No matter who the fuck you are on the planet, you've had some kind of trauma. And you respond differently to life circumstances depending on that trauma. So where the part of empowerment comes in is recognizing whatever time frame that comes in at that something was not okay with you mm-hmm. and deciding to make a choice to do something about that. I absolutely love that. Yes. Yeah. And, and you might not be the kind of person who fights. Yep. Your response may not be immediate anger. Yep. That And that's okay. And I think that's what you're pointing to, too, mm-hmm. is like, if it's a week later and suddenly you're pissed, that's kind of an indicator to you that's, that a boundary was crossed and it's not okay. And mm-hmm. like Kayla is giving you permission to do right now, mm-hmm. it's okay to come back and say, wait, actually, fuck no. Yeah. And be retroactively yeah. engaged in your embodied anger. Yeah. Because that sensation, that feeling that you experienced is still living in your body. Right. Until you acknowledge it and... Motor it out. Yeah, and motor it out. Whether that's with your therapist, a close friend, with the person that this conflict happened with, Mm -hmm. somewhere, acknowledging it and letting it out and knowing like, okay, I know that this is a situation for me where I tend to numb out and freeze. Yeah. And I don't stand up for myself the way that I need to. Yeah. So how can I remember this the next time? Yeah. And, and having that self-compassion. Totally. And for me, like, you know, you can access your anger so easily and now like in a beautiful embodied way. Right. And for a person like me, I'm, I am on the the – like the lower end here that it takes me a little while to register that and I've learned that through like getting into my physical body you know like oftentimes when I'm in my own therapy sessions I work with a somatic therapist we work with a body to feel emotions and if I'm depressed or numb she'll have me stand in horse pose yes and I'll stand there for minutes with my thighs burning burning (laughs) And then I can actually feel the fucking emotion of what's going on in my body. Mm. And that might be you. Yep. I know that's me. Yep. And so finding these tools, finding these ways of how you can find your anger, find the places of hurt, and express those things with clarity and conviction in your voice. Yep. Yeah, I have a client right now, and one of the biggest things that we're working with is she's either depressed or she's fucking in disembodied anger. Yeah. They are like two sides of a very similar coin. They absolutely are. You just nailed it. Like, I have lived my life in that place for so many years. Mm So if you're sitting here listening to us talk about this, you know, I just want to say there are so many sides to the coin of anger. And this embodied anger that we're talking about is healthy yeah. and powerful and can be such a beautiful tool for manifesting yep. and you stating your boundaries and, you know, all protecting of those Protecting yourself. Yes, and protecting yourself. Justice, revolution, right. yes. evolution. Yes. All the things. Right. Yes. I love talking to you about this topic. <laughs> 
it's an important one because it's so taboo. You know, mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. I yeah. didn't talk about it. You brought a lot of this to my own light. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we can, you know, share some of this. Yeah. One last thing that I want to throw out there before we close. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is that particularly in the spiritual, I guess I would say like modern day spiritual community, because if you look into past structures there's a lot more acknowledgement of the shadow and Mm. of anger and destruction and death Mm -hmm. than is happening presently in this like love and light Mm -hmm. spiritual (laughs) climate that I feel like we're in and that you know we have our feelings about yeah why do you think anger is such a shamed emotion like part of what I see in it is this is I see, like, ma- anger to me is this very masculine thing. Mm. And I see a lot of men, maybe this is going down a rabbit hole, but I'll just finish this thought. Like, a lot of men, I think, are being taken out of or shamed out of their standing in their masculine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like anger is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And that... There's a lot of, um, da- yeah, dampening down of the masculine mm-hmm. in a lot of ways right now, like in the spiritual community. And I think yeah. that that plays out into anger. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's spiritual bypassing. Right. And I think it's toxic pos- uh, positivity right. that's happening. And I don't know why. Yeah. Like there, there is some aversion too. And I think honestly, actually now I'm talking about it, to me it sounds like people aren't comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Oh my God, you just nailed that. And that's where fear lives. Mm-hmm. And that's where anger kind of lives. Totally. It's fucking uncomfortable. Yep. Right? And what you need to work through those things is courage and like sitting with that and some people aren't willing to do that or they're too scared to do it or they don't have the tools or the resourcing to experience uncomfortable moments in themselves and in others and actually acknowledge it for what it is that's like real shadow work you know that's like shadow work in a fucking nutshell yeah so do you where do you think anger lives like where do you associate it you feel it in your belly (laughs) i feel it in my belly yeah i feel it in my belly and i feel it in like my diaphragm yeah solar plexus solar plexus the personal power and i think that personal power and anger healthy anger are on the same side of the coin totally yeah i would agree you know it's mm-hmm. it's like the convictions of life totally right it's like delineating who am i where do i stand yeah what's okay with me what's not right and it's like doing the work to process your anger you know that all that disembodied anger we see it a lot in the world i would say it's largely what is out in the world is disembodied anger usually the root of it it's fear and control right 
Yeah. You know? And seeing that and and understanding that inside of yourself and doing work with that. Oh, yes. Fear and control is like the root of the disembodied. Yes. And I would say that love is the root of the embodied. Fuck yes. Love for yourself. Yeah. Love for the cause that mm-hmm. you're upset about. Love for mm-hmm. the other person. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I'm like, would say that love mm-hmm. is the root of embodied anger. A hundred percent. If you don't love something, you're not going to get pissed about it. Yeah. When I didn't love myself, I didn't really get pissed when people mm-hmm. crossed my boundaries. Damn. Yeah, that hits hard. Yeah. Me too. This is so up for me right now. Yeah. That's huge. That's a beautiful distinction. I really love that. The embodiment is love and disembodiment is fear and control. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking it's true. It's so true. Mm. Yeah, On that so juicy true. note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel right now... Mm-hmm. Like when we started, I was super groggy a little bit. I just woke mm-hmm. up from a nap, mm-hmm. an Indian food nap. Mm-hmm. And now I'm feeling like activated, sharp, present. I feel my body. Yep. And I think that is because of this topic. Yeah. Me too. I can feel my body. I can feel like my feet aren't on the floor, but I can feel like that, that good like weightedness of being grounded. Like, oh. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, I've been using this word a lot, like, bare energy. Fuck you know, yes. just like, woof. it just takes over your your energetic body. And yeah. You just walk in the world with that, like, one paw down, mm. next paw down, and slowly walk through the world in your power. Mm-hmm. Feels fucking good. Yep. In your yep. power, in your body, in your love. Mm-hmm. In your love, deep in your love. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. And we'll see you next time. Go forth in your power. Yes. (laughs) 